You are listening to the Balancing Act podcast with Danny Euro. I'm a licensed mental health counselor based out of Miami, Florida. I use the ideas and principles of acceptance and commitment therapy to help individuals who find themselves struggling in various areas of their lives. Episode 11, Lego My Ego. Hey there, this is the Balancing Act podcast and I am Danny. Uh, welcome. Uh, if this is your first time listening in, thank you so much for giving us a try. And if you've been listening, thank you for continuing to listen to us. We appreciate it. Uh, just keep listening, keep sharing, and please subscribe and share the love. As, al- as always, you can uh, feel free to email us at thebalancingactpodcast at gmail.com with any suggestions you might have questions or ideas ideas we uh we we love when uh listeners reach out to us and either ask questions or give suggestions or whatnot so that's always very cool you can also find us on instagram at the balancing act miami and there's like a period between each word so it's the period balancing period act period miami and uh, if you give us a follow we'd appreciate that uh share you can share us that way as well Uh, And you can uh, direct message us through there if you have any ideas and stuff like that. Sometimes people share um, quotes or whatever, and then that's something that I can maybe uh, uh, share to the rest of the community, which is something that I've been trying to do. So we've been on a little bit of a hiatus for a variety of reasons. Uh, So the timing of our last couple episodes has been a little bit off, but uh, we're back on track. I'm looking forward to what's coming up next. Uh, in a way, this could be kind of seen as a season two. Uh, who, who knows? Well, however you want to, however you want to look at it. Uh, but the ep- episodes will be coming out at a regular clip, so don't you worry about us. Uh, we're locked and loaded and ready to go. Um, a brief recap: uh, last episode was a, a different kind of episode. Uh, I was sharing a, a teaching of a um, from a teacher uh, of mine who really uh, impacted me, who had made a request for us to share uh, memories um, that he wanted to to be reminded of as he was going through uh, some, I guess, a medical issue of some sort. So I thought it was an, a, a nice, interesting, creative, uh, heartfelt way for him to to get support from others. So the last episode, we uh, we shared one of his teachings and about the importance of listening to the big idea and how limited our language is in describing our ideas and the importance of to listen to the ideas that we have within us. Um, today's episode, um, you know, it being episode 11, um, I had absolutely positively, I had to make an, uh, uh, an ego reference. It, it being the 11th episode of the podcast, uh, which would explain the eighties synthesizer in our intro for all those stranger things fans out there who enjoy their eighties nostalgia and science fiction. Um, which is, in my opinion, beautifully personified in that show on Netflix. Um, the main char- one of the main characters in that show is named Eleven. So, uh, of course, the eleventh episode uh, has to have a reference to Egos because that's what she loved to eat was Egos on on the show. And we're going to talk about the ego. So why not? You know, um, so that's what we're doing. So today's episode is episode eleven. It is called Lego My Ego, and it is going to be a good one. We hope. Um, the conversation will be about the mind versus the being. 
how our mind is a thinking system based on algorithms, which unfortunately puts us in this inflexible thinking pattern, uh, which results in behaving reactions and, um, to external and internal triggers, you know, so our, 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 our language, our coding in our ego really puts us in a position to react rather than respond. Those algorithms, uh, that coding is in our mind, right? And then we have our being. So somehow the mind has convinced us that it uses us when in fact the actual opposite is true, where our being uses our mind. So that's what today's episode is about. Lego my ego. Questions. How predictable is your thinking? Are you quick to think someone is out to get you? Are you quick to think someone is lying to you? Are you quick to think that you're not able to do something? Are you stuck in the same patterns of thinking over and over and over and over again? When do you take a break from thinking? Have you been accused of being an overthinker? Are you really who you think you are? Or is your thinking telling you who it thinks you are? Story The Dog and the Couch One could argue that two of man's best friends would be a dog and a very comfortable couch. Um, speaking of dogs, uh, anyone have that, that dog, that incredibly cute, super cuddly dog who is so, so difficult. It's so hard to say no uh, to that cute dog. Yet it also very much is not allowed on that incredibly comfy couch at the same time, right? Uh, because as cute as your dog is, your couch is also very cute because it does not have any tears or scratches in its leather, or it doesn't smell like dog, um, or it doesn't have hairs, um, stuck to its fabric or whatnot. So the, the couch is considered no dog land, right? Um, but now picture this, you're on the couch, you know, maybe alone, but, or maybe you're, you're on the couch with your significant other or with the family or a friend. Uh, and the TV's on, and you know there's a movie on on the TV, uh, or maybe it's an episode of Stranger Things. I'm, I'm dropping these Stranger Things um, bombs one after another, right? But you're there on the couch, and you're watching whatever it is on TV, <clears throat> and the dog, who we've already established is not allowed on the couch, hops onto the couch, and quickly, efficiently, firmly, but with love, you tell the dog, "Nope, get down," and the dog listens, hops back down, gets back down on the floor where it belongs. Then about 10 minutes later, uh, there's a second effort by this very uh, persistent, uh, determined dog who is showing a committed action right towards his value of being on the couch. But about 10 minutes later, this dog hops back on the couch. And this time, less quickly, less efficiently, less firmly, uh, but with a distracted love, you tell the dog, uh, get down. And the dog listens, you know, 
equally as slowly getting down from the couch, right? Then by the end of the film or the end of the episode or whatever it is that you're watching, you notice that the dog is curled up on the couch next to you. Ninja status achieved. Um, Welcome to the strategy of our mind, right? Uh, Our mind very much has the same persistent strategy that that cute little dog has where it, um, where, where all our thinking happens within this mind, our ego, right? And it has a way of sneaking its way onto the couch. Even when we tell it, nope, not now, not only does it find a way to get back on the couch, but along the way, it convinces you that it is the one that belongs on the couch and that the couch belongs to it. And somehow our being ends up on the floor. This also reminds me, I guess this is going to be the episode of TV show references, right? So uh, this actually also reminds me of a of a show that was on Showtime called Dexter. Um, and for those that uh, that were living under a rock, uh, I guess this was, man, t- 2005, 2006, Dexter was a TV show that was on Showtime about a, about a serial killer who happened to, to be the protagonist of the story who he murdered evil people who have somehow gotten away with their ghastly crimes, you know? Um, yes, the main character, the one that you followed and rooted for was uh, a murderer. And now as I talk about that, it feels kind of weird. Like, I guess that's might've been the beginning of the anti-hero stories. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, on that show, Dexter, uh, the, the main character, Dexter, I think his name was Dexter Morgan. Um, <clears throat> He has this bloodlust which drives him to kill and uh, and trying to stick to some kind of moral code. That's why he chooses to kill evil people like serial killers and things like that. Um, and th- the way the character in the story described his bloodlust that the need to kill was he called it the dark passenger uh, and that he kind of described it. It was an interesting way to, to, to create the metaphor is that he described his personality as a car. And uh, he was, you know, his being was driving the car. And then th- th- there was this passenger in the back seat that he called the dark passenger, which was the motivation to kill. And uh, in the episodes, somehow the dark passenger would get into the front seat and take over the steering wheel, which would drive him to his next kill. Um, so in a weird, ghastly way, um, it's there's a comparison there, right? There's like a parallel. Um I I personally like the dog story better. It's cute. It's cuter. It's more cuddly. But the reason why I mentioned the the Dexter reference is because our mind is that passenger, and and our being is that is what's supposed to be driving the car, right? But somehow our mind, like the dog, gets itself into the passenger seat and eventually gets itself behind the wheel, and it becomes the ultimate backseat driver. Being versus the mind. I really hope you are enjoying the dramatic synth rock in this episode. I know Julio is at the soundboard. I can just see on his face. Um, so so going back to the episode uh, way back that we had about cognitive diffusion, I, I think it was episode two. Uh, it's kind of cool that we can say way back, right? Because, you know, the episodes are, you know, they, they start piling up. But uh, back in episode two, we spoke about how uh, we have a thinking self and an, and an observing self, right? So the thinking self is 
an ever-evolving collection of thoughts, likes, dislikes, biases, judgments, memories, expectations, contingency plans, etc., right? So this thinking self, since the moment we've been conceived, is slowly like building its, um, its I guess it's a playbook on the way things are, are to be done uh, or, or to be interpreted or experienced. Um, while our observing self, uh, it remains constant. Uh, our, our observing self, it only watches. Uh, the mere nature of our observing self is to not pass judgment. Um, and because of that, it, it, doesn't, it results in not changing. It just doesn't change. It has no expectations, no judgments. It doesn't keep score. So there is no playbook. So our observing self just looks. Um, Eckhart Tolle um, would say that the observing self is our being, while the thinking self is our ego. Uh, and uh, he's written a few a, a, a few great books. Uh, one particular which I'm referencing is uh, is called The Power of Now. Amazing book. Go read it now. Well, don't read it now. Listen to the episode now. Then go read The Power of Now in that now. But right now, listen to this podcast, then go go read that book or listen to it on Audible, uh, whatever you prefer. Um, I may do an episode on books to read, I think, actually, now that I think about it, because uh, I keep talking about books and I think we might have a maybe we'll have a library episode just to talk about different books uh, to, to stimulate the thinking. But anyway, let's get back to the power of now uh, right now. Uh, so um, going back to this idea of being in the ego, right? Uh, mind, you know mind and and being and ego and things like that so uh we have the observing self and the thinking self and the observing self being the being and the thinking self is the ego uh and the problem that we fall into is when we let our mind use us right when we let our ego use our being our our mind is that list of algorithms that I mentioned earlier, right? Uh, so our mind tricks us into into being the one in control, uh, and it it does this. And uh, when the design is actually intended to be the other way, uh, Eckhart Tolle talks about that uh, in, in in his book on how the design is intended to be that we are meant our being is meant to use our mind, right? Our observing self is meant to use our thinking self, but somehow our thinking self, that ego has reversed, turned the tables on it, on us and has convinced us of the opposite. So going back to the examples from earlier, uh, to let the mind use us is like allowing the dog onto the couch and actually kicking us off the couch or the backseat driver to somehow take the steering wheel and drive the car wherever it wants when we are the ones in the passenger seat, our being. I've been using the word algorithm a lot in sessions recently. I feel like uh, looking at these concepts like a computer with faulty programming is a helpful way to visualize the way our thinking and and being interact with each other, kind of like a tug of war. I promise not to mention another great show called Westworld, which explores this. Uh, well, I promise that I won't talk about it in this episode, but maybe in other episodes I will. So, so that's, uh, so think about how our ego is a set of rules and codes that command us to think a certain way. And somehow one of those rules that are built into that coding has convinced our being that the ego is the default way of operating, not our being, but that, that, that the ego is in control instead of our being. Right. So like within all the codes, all these patterns of thinking, there's one thought 
right? Which is coming from our ego that's convincing us that we are the important one. Ego, we're supposed to think, 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 right? And that that code, that algorithm in there um, is basically telling us that it's important to continue to think, right? So even though Eckhart Tolle actually says the complete opposite, um, he said the opposite is true where the being is important and our being is supposed to use our ego, is supposed to use our mind. So um, our mind is to use our ego, but our ego has a thought that has convinced us to do the opposite, getting us to think that it is necessary to think all the time. I know that's a mouthful and a bit of a mind bender, so um, I'll say it again, or you can use that, you know, that 15 second rewind thing on the, on your iPhone or, or mobile device. But let's uh, kind of rehash that for a second, because I know this is, this, this is kind of heavy stuff and I, and I think it's important to, to, to try to grasp it is that our ego has a thought that says that it is in control and we fuse to that thought and we think that thought and we believe it when that thought is actually not true. But because we believe what we think, we allow the ego to run the system, to overrun our being. Uh, In essence, we let the dog on the couch. We let the passenger drive. Uh, In allowing our thinking to become the law of the land, uh, we lose that flexibility. We give in to that language, that one thought that says that, I am essential. The ego is essential. The mind needs to run this system. And because of it, we lose our flexibility. We become rigid. uh, And in in that rigidity, we are begging for injury. We, We become a breeding ground for suffering because we hold tight to that ego because it tells us that we're supposed to. The irony is that in our inflexibility, in that rigidity, in our suffering, we end up relying more on judgments and biases and expectations and self-talk to experientially avoid the pain that we experience. The algorithm finds a way to preserve itself. The thinking self justifies its own use, its circular logic into a vicious cycle. The goal is to cultivate expansion, to create internal space where there is a separation between being and ego. So you can more easily Lego your ego. Uh, to do so allows for acceptance strategies. Because we react from the mind, but we respond from the being. The best way to do this, yep, you guessed it, is to is meditation or a mindfulness practice. Uh, in meditation, we are diffusing from thinking. We are separating ourselves from the thinking self and going to this observing space that has never changed, right? Where it's, it's a sanctuary waiting for us to enter. Uh, this observing self, this sanctuary, uh, it observes the, th- the, the thinking that we experience. It observes the feelings we experience. It accepts them for what they are and continues to practice the art of observance. This is very powerful. And unfortunately... Uh, A lot of people don't realize how powerful it really can be. Remember, meditation is not to be a control strategy. It's it's meant to be an acceptance strategy through observance, through expansion, creating space between the being and the ego, the being and the mind. Uh, In doing this, you let go of your ego and you allow your being to drive the car. You get to stay on the couch while the dog stays on the floor. You respond rather than react. There is peace in that even when things are not peaceful. I would wager to say some of you are not peaceful. 
even when things are peaceful. And now the challenge, as I continue to challenge you to be an active participant in your own life, I want to challenge you to think about your thinking. Um, what do you, uh, what are, uh, what, what are your go-to moves? You know, like we all have the go-to moves. Um, what are your go-to moves when it comes to your thinking? Um, how often are you reacting to people in situations with a programmed thought pattern? Like where all of a sudden you just jump to conclusions. Uh, does your ego have habits, uh, that cause suffering to be layered on top of pain? Uh, how about your being, uh, is it in the driver's seat? How often is it in the driver's seat? And how is it, how, I guess, how is it that, uh, that the ego sneaks into that seat? Um, how often does that happen? And how hard is it for you to let go of your ego? Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you subscribe. I hope you enjoy, and I hope you share. Uh, remember to email us with questions and or feedback and send us pictures of you listening to the podcast on your purpose-driven drives through life. Um, just do it safely, please. Do not risk uh, your health or your you know, injury or accident by sending pictures, you know. Um, also, continue sending requests. We are actually, as I look over at Julio to get a thumbs up, I, I believe by, I think next week, we're going to actually record finally the, the movie review episode. So um, looking forward to that. Uh, keep sending requests of films you would want us to, to review um, on the podcast. Um, and you can send that to, to the balancing act podcast at gmail.com. I also want to thank, uh, Julio whose technical wizardry really makes this podcast possible. Uh, and this is the balancing act. I am Danny. I am thankful and take care.